I want you to see this is a tip and a technique that you can use in your life. It doesn't have to be a family member. It could be anyone that opposes you. But here's what David did. So we're looking at verse 28. And uh, so David, okay. And with whom did you leave the sheep? And he said, I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart, for thou art come down that thou might see the battle. So he thought David was just this little kid who wants to see what his older brothers are doing. Well, could you imagine the shock of his life, David's life, when he showed up and this guy's talking and he's like, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Like, why didn't you guys take care of business yet? What on earth have you been doing <laughs> for 40 days? Okay, mind you, 40 days, that's more than a month. They've been listening to this enemy tell them who he wanted them to be for more than a month. Maybe you've been listening to an enemy talk to you for decades, years, generations. I don't know how long. But do you realize that just one new voice on the scene could change the whole thing? Okay? So David shows up, and he does not agree with the size of the problem. The problem was Goliath. David disagreed with the size of the problem. But here's how he did it, which I think is a secret that, have been, that has been missed, okay? Here's how he did it. Okay, so we're looking at verse 29. And David said, what have I now done? Is there not a cause? And he turned from him towards another. So David addressed his brother and said, so what do I do now? Isn't there a cause here? Like, what are you doing? And he did not keep arguing with his brother. Here is a secret in leadership. You do not stand and argue with someone who, for which there's no reward. We already see the dynamic of David's relationship with his family, okay? If you read prior to this, when the prophet came to anoint the new king that would take over from Saul, everybody was invited to this dinner party from the father except one person. That one person was David. David was not considered the first choice ever. He was actually, <laughs> he was only considered when the prophet commanded it be so. When the prophet said, we're not going to start until you go get him. Okay, and so that's how David got to be part of the dinner party. And, and then right in front of everybody right there, he got anointed king. Okay, now fast forward, as you can see, him being anointed king did not change how his family looked at him, how his brothers viewed him. And David knew that his job was not to make them like him. That didn't have a reward. Okay. His job was to focus on an enemy of God that he knew he could do something about. So what did David do? He answered his brother, but then he turned away. So that is a huge secret in leadership. You have to know who you turn away from. Now, he did not just walk away from his brother and not answer. He answered 
with a final statement. It was a statement that he made. He was like, first of all, what I do now? And then the next one is, isn't there a cause? Doesn't this, isn't this, there's something you should be fighting for here, okay? And then he turned from him towards another and spake after the same manner. And the people answered him again after the former manner, meaning he was asking them, what does the person that wins this fight get? That was the big question on David's, on David's mind. See, when he showed up right away on the scene, if you remember from us reading earlier, when he showed up right away from the scene and he is like, who is this guy? And everybody now is announcing the reward for beating this enemy. Now, one of the things, um, so now here's, here's the key. Okay, I have several thoughts going through my head on this, but so I want to break it down for you. So first of all, David arrives on the scene. These conditioned men who were trained for battle were accepting that Goliath was unbeatable. So David, this young man, uh, arrives on the scene and right away after he hears what Goliath says, he's asking, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Meaning, who is this person who doesn't have a covenant with God that you're allowing to speak like this and he is defying God? Who is this person? Okay, so right away the man is describing the reward for beating this person. So for 40 days they have had a problem they can't solve. And the king is there. He still can't solve the problem. And a young man shows up and he has the answer in him. But the first step to getting the answer out, this is before he approaches Goliath. He is still having a conversation with his side, the army on his side, and he's getting the details. Now, this is a battle worth fighting because there's a reward for it. And so he finds out what the reward is so that when he's finished beating this guy up, he doesn't walk away with nothing and he doesn't get robbed of his reward, okay? Now, later in David's life, if you read on in his life, you'll find out that he usually would inquire of the Lord on whether or not he should go to battle. He'll ask, should we pursue and will we win? And God will give him the answer and that's when he would make a move. And whenever he didn't listen to God or he didn't ask, that's when he would lose the battle. So this is a pattern of David's life. He had a relationship with God. So he protected his relationship with God. These, uh, this army, his brothers and the rest of the guys in the army were protecting the relationship they had with Goliath. They had a fear-based relationship with Goliath. It wasn't even a relationship with the Philistine army. It was a relationship with one man in the army. So examine yourself today as a leader. I have this question for you. Do you have a team of people that you lead? Do you have two people, 10, 120? And are you afraid to make leadership decisions because of one person on the team, you know, where you're trying to avoid making some decisions so that you don't offend them or that they don't get upset and upset the whole team or that something bad doesn't happen to the company. You have to ask yourself this question because if you are avoiding making leadership decisions because of the behavior of a person 
or the words of a person, then you're operating as a leader in fear. Any operations that we do in fear, we have handed over our leadership to whatever we're afraid of. So if you think you're the leader of that team on which someone's on the team and they keep uh, causing strife, causing discord, causing problems, and you are avoiding doing things so you don't make them mad, they are the leader of the team. Except you have the position with all the responsibility and all the error that comes with it. You get blamed for it, but they can do what they like and get away with it. So examine yourself to see if you're making those decisions, okay? Now, we're going to move on here, and I want you to see that David, we know, ended up, I'm not going to keep reading, but David, we know, ended up going against Goliath, and he used the weapon that he used before. So here is his transition assignment. He's coming from the sheepfold, and he's visiting. He thought he was visiting. And it ended up that Saul said, you're going to stay with me, right? And so he now becomes part, he becomes the leader of the army, okay? Now, one of the steps between him and Goliath, if you keep reading, is that David had to get Saul's permission to do the fight. So David believed in protocol. So David now knows who is responsible for giving him permission. And that's the, that's the conversation that he has. That's the person's instruction that he will follow, okay? So if you see, just keep reading for yourself. I'm going to stop reading for now, but I'm just going to tell you the rest of the story. What David did was he, they took him to Saul. They said, this guy wants to fight Goliath. He thinks he can win. And so he had to explain his resume to Saul. And when Saul heard his resume, see, notice, David didn't argue with his brother and told his brother his resume. His brother didn't care. His brother was upset that he is this young, he's younger than him, so in ranking, he's under him, and then he's telling him he's going to do something that he couldn't do. Have you had those situations in your life? That's what happens, right? So if David had now heard the words of that brother and stopped right there, we wouldn't be reading this story. We wouldn't be reading about the great big fight that David had with his brother. Because <laughs> that's not the battle that God was interested in solving, right? Instead, we're now reading the story of David who defeated Goliath, right? And so when he went to Saul, Saul gave him permission, but then Saul also wanted him to wear his armor. So David is a young man, Saul is a grown man, and Saul and David are different sizes and heights, and, and so David puts on Saul's armor. Now, notice, David did not argue with Saul. That's protocol. So he's going to fight army battle here, and Saul is telling him, at least put my armor on, which is an honor, frankly, because he's putting on the king's armor, okay? And so David tries it on, but then he gives his feedback. Again, no fear. If David walked in fear, he would have put the armor on, it wouldn't have fit right, and he would have still tried to do it. And defeat would have come. 
because he surely wouldn't have been able to run at the giant with that big heavy armor on. <laughs> if you look at the story, it says he ran. He ran towards the giant, okay? So David did protocol. Saul was the boss. David went ahead and tried on what Saul asked him to do. Then he gave his feedback. Because he was not afraid, he, his feedback was received. And then he was able to use the weapon that he was trained in. And we know the end of the story that David defeated Goliath. Okay? Then they chased down the rest of the army. Then the army was released to finish the battle. Here's the key. It took one fearless person to lead the charge of removing the biggest obstacle that was in the way of conquering a whole army. And that person was somebody that was not present from day one. They came on the scene. My question to you is, when you are looking at yourself as a leader, do you look at certain characteristics that have been predetermined by the systems around you to qualify you? So first of all, are you looking that you have no experience in the industry you're in? Well, we know David didn't. David's never been in the army. This was a new industry for him. Do you have a ranking problem in that you are the youngest among them. And so if you were to fill out an application, you probably wouldn't even qualify, right? Do you have no training in an army in the industry? David sure didn't. He didn't train to be a professional army guy, but he knows how to win, right? So what, what was necessary in this scenario was that Somebody needed to win against the giant. The army couldn't fi didn't figure out that they, they could have all gone against the giant. And I think they would have won against him. I mean, really? <laughs> he didn't move too fast. He had so much armor that he needed another guy to carry some of his armor for him. So he was technically asking them to fight two people. It makes you wonder, what happened to the other guy? When the giant fell, what did the guy do? I mean, he might have just started running right away. Or maybe the giant fell on him. We don't know. You know, he was kind of like the front man. But what I'm saying is, all of those things that we build up in our minds to disqualify ourselves didn't come from God. It didn't come with the assignment. It came from being conditioned to think a certain way. So the first principle to being a great leader or just being a leader is to not fear. Now, I want to break some things down for you. Do you notice that Saul's entire army was afraid? And Saul was also afraid. Do you think that had anything to do with it? Saul being afraid, so the whole army was also afraid? I think so. And now we see that when he accepted this young man to go and fight for them, that it gave hope. At least somebody's willing to take this guy on. I really don't think they thought David would win. They were probably all planning how they would get him out of there alive 
or maybe they started packing so they could run. I don't know. But it didn't seem like there was too many people that were thinking he would win. But at least the, the men in the army did not treat him the way his family did with utter disgust and demeaning him for his position and his job in the family. Okay, so here he was the sheep guy and they were the army men. It doesn't matter what position you get from anybody. If you can't get the job done, there's something wrong, okay? And God can help you fix it. That's the bottom line. Their biggest issue in front of them was Goliath. And here they're all standing, a whole army couldn't do anything. So as a leader, whether you are man or woman, your job is to identify your fear factors in leadership. And what is that big giant in front of you that you're standing there being conditioned daily? 40 days they were being conditioned by him that now his words were kind of like side thing. They were now afraid of his size, how big he was. And that's what caused them to fear. And David walks in and goes, really? He didn't even say, you know, David did not even identify Goliath as a giant. He identified him as an uncircumcised Philistine. He identified him as somebody that did not have a covenant with God. So my question to you is, whether you're male or female, what are your fear factors? So women, let's address women in leadership on this subject of fear real quick. Women in leadership end up being afraid of what people think about them. And I could be wrong if you're a woman in leadership and you've overcome this. That's awesome. I'd love to hear from you. And I'd love to hear otherwise too. But it seems as though when I talk to women who are leading, it's always that they're fighting society. They're fighting culture. They're fighting what men think about them. They're fighting what people think they should be. Now, Galatians 3.28 the Bible clears it up for us and it says there's now no longer Greek, there's no longer Jew, there's no longer Gentile, there's no longer male or female. We are all one, meaning we all have the same footing with God in his kingdom as the other now, Jesus eliminated the caste system, the C-A-S-T-E system. And that is the system that holds people into certain positions because of their status in society, because of their gender, because of their age, because of their uh, ethnicity, because of their educational background. That's the system that determines and, and categorizes people. But here's what I'm telling you. If God has asked you to do something, he has prepared you to do it. He has planned for you to do it. And his systems have rewards in it between you and him. So when you're, when you're battling with someone that does not hold the reward for that battle, you are wasting your time and your resources and it is wearing you down. And all that it would breathe is exactly what uh, Goliath breathed in the army of Israel. It would breathe fear and basically paralysis where you're watching an enemy, you have full equipment, you have all the protect, you have everything you need to fight and you stand there trembling. That's how 
this conditioning work. So as far as women in leadership go, I want to encourage you women to stop for a minute. Stop all the fights that you're fighting in your job, in your workplace, in your home, wherever you might be fighting things out. And I want you to to really look at what you're doing right now as far as being a leader and find out if that was an assignment God gave you. If God gave you the assignment, then it's yours. Don't let anyone take it away. Now the next thing you have to determine, are you fighting the wrong enemy? There might be several enemies around you, but you've got to fight the right enemy or else the wrong enemy will wear you down and you will lose heart. You will lose heart and you will not want to continue. And isn't that what's happening with a lot of women today? They're losing heart and they don't want to continue as leaders. But let me tell you something. We need all the types of leaders that God designed for the earth today. We absolutely need you. You have to be active. You have to become active. Now, in the next lessons, I'm going to show you women who were leaders. And if they didn't lead in their situation, the world would look a lot different now. It really would. And we're not sure what it would look like, but I know it wouldn't look the same. And we wouldn't read the same stories that we've been reading. So I want to encourage you today. The first assignment in this leadership series is look at the fear factors that you have been nurturing, that you've given identity to, that you have associated with, and specifically the ones that you protect, the ones you're defensive about. So if anybody questions these things that you're afraid of, you get upset with those people and you start saying things to them, oh, you just don't understand. And I've been trying for years and they won't promote me. And all these men are getting a promotion above me. This is what the women might be saying. And the men might be saying, well, they just don't want to listen to me. And I, you know, this guy's too young and that guy, he, he has all this education I don't have. It, every, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, there's going to be an enemy against you if you're trying to do what God wants you to do. If there's a problem that's there that's been, that's been unsolved for years, I can guarantee you God's picking people to go solve them. And you may be just one of those people. So I encourage you today that you will consider solving the problem that God's put before you or that God has placed you in front of and decide who you're going to have a conversation with and what the reward of those conversations are. If they have no reward, don't be having those conversations. I'll explain some stories of my own life in our next series. But until next time, this is Dr. Fiona Pishka saying, have an awesome day. Bye-bye. Hi, good morning or good afternoon, wherever you are today. This is Fiona Pishka coming to you again from Blessed Children Home Orphanage. And I wanted to give you a quick thought out of my devotional my Purpose Devotional, available on Amazon if you're interested in following along with us. I'm reading from day eight of this book, and we're talking about the spirit of a sound mind. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power of love and of sound judgment and personal discipline. 
abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Look at all the stuff God has given us. And there's a lot of things he has not given us. So today I just want to encourage you to receive from what God has given you and to reject what he has not given you. The things that come into your life because you're a Christian doesn't mean it's all going to be what God is offering. It's also going to be what your enemy is offering because it shows that you have a choice to make. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 30, 19, that God says that I've set before you life and death. I would that you choose life and the blessing and the cursing. I would that you choose the blessing. And he has set as witnesses heaven and earth. And so we see here that we have a choice. So talking about the spirit of a sound mind, I wanted to point out in today's uh, message that we do not have the, the spirit of willpower. We have the spirit of a sound mind. The, we don't overcome fear by mere willpower and saying that, well, I can overcome this. I can do this. I know how to get around this. You might be successful for a moment. You might be successful for a week, for a day, for a month, maybe even a year or 10 years. But the bottom line is you're going to end up failing because there is no power behind, no supernatural power to help you. And you're fighting a supernatural evil force. So you need supernatural power to overcome this. So the spirit of a sound mind is offered to us from Holy Spirit, and that's the only place we can get it. Our own spirit cannot be strong enough to fight off the supernatural um, fear from the spirit of darkness, from, from Satan, from the enemy's camp. So we need to know that we have the ability to fight, um, not even on the same level, we fight on a higher level when we activate the supernatural spirit of God. And so in this devotion, I go on to say that the Holy Spirit power of a mind that is sober, that is calm, that knows what to do and when to do it is working through you. This is how you can be calm in chaos. This is how you can stop for a moment when there's a storm going on in your life and really think about what it is that needs to happen right now do it and move on. And this is what gives you that ability. It's not your own willpower. It's not how beautiful and great you are. It's not how intelligent you are. It is what spirit you're operating by. And so the assignment I have set up for today is that you examine your thoughts. Are they coming from a sound mind approach? Would the spirit of God think this way about you? See, one of the things about the spirit of fear, it beats you up to make you feel afraid. It beats you up to make you feel like you're not value, uh, valuable enough for whatever it is you're trying to do or whoever it is you're trying to um, have a relationship with or whatever it is, whatever job, whatever career you're trying to get, whatever business you want to start, whatever uh, ministry you want to go into. The spirit of fear has to bring you down to a level where it can step on you. And the Bible tells us that we are the ones uh, that has our feet on the enemy. The enemy is under our feet. We're not under his. But the spirit of fear conditions you for defeat. So you have to always remember that. But the spirit of a sound mind establishes you for a win every single time. So today's assignment is that you examine your thoughts and would the spirit of God think this way about you? Would he think this way about the situation you're facing? If not, we have to stop the thought process and ask the spirit of a sound mind to be activated in you. If this is happening, then you're most likely operating in a spirit of fear and don't realize it. If you are always beating yourself up, uh, in your mind, you're operating by a spirit of fear and not the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind that the Holy Spirit gives us. So God bless you today. Let me pray before we go. Father, I thank you today for everyone that's listening. I pray, Lord, that they will have a revelation from you about what the spirit of fear is all about and what your spirit of power, love, and a sound mind is about. 
And we ask this, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for all of you that support Bless the Children Home and everything that we do here. Our website, it's blessthechildrenhome.org. And we are here taking care of kids day in and day out. Our staff are doing an amazing job. And those of you that support us, thank you so much. I encourage you to just share what we're doing and the vision and the purpose of, of Bless the Children Home. It's all available on our website. Share it with a friend today and help someone that's right around the corner. God bless you. Bye-bye.